matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Okay, terrific. Language and writing were made available. He'll teach you everything. I'm writing this down. This is good. Hey, if you're hearing this particular piece of audio, it's because right here is where an ad break would go. I'd be doing a plug. I'd be talking about God knows what, for whatever reason, about whatever thing. And I would love, love to plug something right here. You want me to talk about your book? You want me to get people on your social? You want me to extol the many virtues of your service, your app, your project, your this, your that? This is the spot to do it. And if you want an ad read, if you'd like some promotion, send me an email at thewriternextdoor at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll talk. And I'll be happy, happy to read something in a professional-sounding voice and help you do whatever. Okay, enough of the ad. Let's go talk about something today. Hey, I'm John. This is John Helps You Write Better. And today we're going to, well, no. You know what? Today I want to tell you a story. Along the way, I also want to give you a tool. But first and foremost... It's story time. So let's suppose you're an author writing a fantasy novel. The genre really doesn't matter for the sake of the story. It's more about what we're doing in the genre and how we're writing the story. But let's pick fantasy story because it's it's pretty straightforward and, and we can make it really obvious for the sake of our example. So we're writing a fantasy story. Maybe it's a quest. Maybe a, a knight has to go slay a monster and then come back to the city and win the day. Sure. Great. Easy. Whatever. If we want to just write down the story, which a lot of writers do, um, and badly, if we're just telling the story, we're going to tell the story like this. The character goes over here, the character sees this thing, the character does this thing, the character sees that other thing, describes it a little bit, then they go over here and do this thing, and maybe they say something like that, or talk something like this, and then go over here and see this thing, and then they think to themselves, hmm, I don't know, and then they go over there and do this thing, and they do that thing, and then they go fight the monster, and then they win, and then they come back and the story is over. That's... That's not great writing, uh, even in a hyperbolic example, because what it's fundamentally misunderstanding is that the reader and the character have a similar job and a similar opportunity to discover the story together and make the reader feel like they're positioned right next to the character as the character is doing whatever the character is doing. Now, part of that is going to come down to how you write, the sentence structure, how the sentences sound. If they're very dictatorial, this is this and this is that and the character feels this and the character felt that and he, you know, he didn't like that, she loved it, whatever. If there's a real stiffness to the language, like you are talking to a child as opposed to communicating an idea to a peer, then you are going to distance that reader from the story and they're not going to read it you know, with as much care because it's going to feel kind of like you're talking down to the reader. 
And in that stiffness of language where you are just rolling through the motions of this happened, that happened, like you're ticking off boxes on a checklist or, you know, completing the steps in a recipe, the story isn't going to feel particularly vibrant or particularly engaging and active because how you've constructed the sentences is very blocky, very much Lego, very much this clicks to this, clicks to this, clicks to this. And it doesn't seem as though what we are imagining is a smooth procession of this idea blending into that idea, blending over here into this idea. And it forgets one of the most important steps here, which is the reader and the character discover the story and discover what happens and respond to what happens at more or less the same time. And for a lot of writers, that's really tricky. That's really tricky on a number of fronts because it's not really a way they've thought about the story. They've always thought this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens, kind of a nice, stiff, drumbeat, mechanized kind of deployment of ideas. This is where things get a little abstract, and this is where a lot of writers really struggle because we're going to start to transition away from thinking about the story in terms of, Step number one, step number two, step number three, step number four, this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened. And try to soften the language, change the camera movements, change the structure, loosen the fuck up so that the character does things and the reader reacts to it and responds to it in a way that encourages the reader to keep reading. And again, there's no guarantee that, you know, this is a very traceable, fixable thing like, ah, it's because of this one word and this one sentence that's, you know, everything is falling apart. No, it's, it's not that. It's a matter of smoothness in writing so that you're not just writing a sentence and having something happen and then writing a sentence and having something happen. So rather than talk in abstraction, let me give you some tools to smooth out that character-reader relationship. First tool. You want to in your head, when you think about the story and what, what, what sentence am I going to say to write this scene? What, 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 what am I going to do? What's going on the page? You want to make sure you're writing a sentence that does not sound to you like you are talking very simplistically down to a child, particularly a young child. Like you are giving them instructions or sitting, you know, in the library reading circle with the book on your hit, you know, the book in your hand, turning the pages, reading aloud to them. You don't want that. That's not going to help. I mean, obviously, unless you're writing a book for children, um, then that's totally where you want to be. But the majority of people probably listening to this podcast are writing books for adults. So you want to make sure that your sentence structure, how you choose to describe things, what you choose to describe, the degree which you choose to describe them, does not sound like you are talking to maybe like a child under the age of 10. Because you're not. You're talking to an adult, a grown-ass person. That's going to be part number one. The second tool we're going to use is picking and choosing what it is we're going to talk about over the course of a scene or a chapter, or whatever. The bigger the picture, and the less detail you give it, because if you just go, it's a cave, or it's a castle, or that's a very big dragon, or whatever, the, the broader the detail, and the more, you know, like we've zoomed out, and we're seeing the thing from very far away, because it's very big, the less detail that gets, the farther away from everything the reader is going to feel. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with writing a sentence about, you know, describing the rolling hills at the edge of the cliff or the way the ocean seems to stretch for miles at the horizon. There's nothing wrong with stuff like that. That's totally fine. But the longer we keep the reader feeling like they're looking at a, a tour or the reader feeling like they have to stay behind the velvet rope in order to see the things in the museum, the harder it's going to be for that reader to really like give a shit about the story. This is psychic distance. This is that sense of having the story told at you. Again, think about the person reading it at the reading space at the library versus feeling like the character and the reader are roughly discovering what's in front of them at the same time-ish. There's always a little bit of discrepancy there depending on how you want to write it. But by and large, the main point here is that the author is not really a fixture in the story. There's no meta-narrative. This isn't a case of like, you know, the narrator's talking to Winnie the Pooh in the Winnie the Pooh books. That's a different issue altogether. This is more a matter of a very stiff, blocky, constructed story that is really just recounting, then this happened, then they growled, then the dog moved over here, then he sat over there, then they lit a match, then this happened, then that happened. That's, that's how we would tell a story to a child. It is not how we would tell a story to an adult. And we wouldn't just recount events. We'd soften the language. We'd make the reader feel like they're in the room so that there's a discussion of the threat and the tension and the, the urgency and the, what the character is thinking and feeling so that the reader gets on board with it so that the reader can think and feel their own things too and the reader can stay connected and engaged with the story. The other way you want to do this, the next tool in the toolbox, is to pick and choose what exactly happens. Because if your character on this quest in this fantasy story never really has time to stop and think, and you're just having the character do stuff, then there's this. Or if the character does think it's very broad, wow, that was really dangerous. First of all, nobody, nobody thinks, wow, that was really dangerous because it's dangerous. They're thinking, I don't want to die, which is, you know, a better choice for that situation. But if you're, you're always explaining something in the most simplistic, fast way, just get in, get out, have a thought and keep moving. You're missing the whole point of telling the story. It's not telling the story like today, what I did on my summer vacation was like, we're standing in front of a class again, talking to children. We're trying to get the reader to imagine it as though it is happening near them, around them, with them, or to them. And that's an imaginative shift that a lot of writers struggle with. When you partner this with an idea like, I've got a really bad premise for a fantasy novel because it's tired as shit and I'm not doing anything new with it, and you're writing it in such a way that it's very stiff and very inflexible, you end up with a trunk novel. You end up with an unpublishable, badly written thing that doesn't take any risks, doesn't stretch any boundaries, doesn't demonstrate good writing. It just makes you seem kind of incompetent. And it makes it seem like you're not a very good writer and you're making no effort to improve or grow. So let's recap. One, you don't always have to talk down to a child. You don't have to treat your reader like a child. Two, you want to make sure that the reader and the character are discovering what's happening in the story and reacting to it at roughly the same pace in more or less the same, not necessarily the same way, but at the same pace and at more or less the same time. 
three. You want to make sure you're not just recounting actions and having very rushed surface level thoughts that are more summary than experience. Remember that four, every sentence is a camera and the camera is adding information, either brand new things that the reader didn't know before they read that sentence or they're reading the sentence and it is adding information to what they already knew. It's creating additional context. It's qualifying and clarifying something. Those four things will breathe a different life into your story so that it feels less like a book report, less like a story about what I did on my summer vacation, and more something that will encourage the reader to imagine it. But let's throw one more thing in this mix. You have to fucking say something. And recounting actions and saying this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened, when there's no sense of danger or stakes or risk or the character's not thinking and feeling something and it's just A to B to C to D to E or whatever it might be, if you're not pushing some kind of boundary, if you're not challenging yourself to write more complex sentences, if you're not challenging yourself to write more engaging sentences, if you're not practicing better dialogue, if you're not making a statement about theme or if you're not creating any kind of like feeling underneath things, your story is flat like old soda and it's just not going to go anywhere. You have to say something. You have to not just have a point and say, I wrote that action really clearly. It's, it's not about clarity. Clarity is important sometimes when we want to make sure the reader understands things, but it's not about clarity. It's not about who can say the thing the easiest and fastest. It's about having the reader invisibly standing next to the character and when the the wizard fights the knight we can practically feel the heat coming off the fireballs and there's that real sense of risk that we don't know the knight can survive and they have to use some skills and a little bit of luck to overcome the wizard that matters and it, that comes down to imagining a story way back at the premise level where your knight isn't perfect. But we'll talk about perfect characters and boring characters tomorrow for sure. For now, let's just go with this idea of here are a few small tools to blur the lines and blend together the ideas of character and reader and how we talk to them. Give that some thought, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.